So we can just start this thing. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. All right, so, hi. This is the inaugural episode of Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Right? We're a little bit kooky, too. A little bit kooky, a little bit spooky. Mm-hmm. My name's Chris L. Dillon with me, which will be always, is Shane Witty. Say hi, Shane. Shane K. Witty. Shane K. Witty. I use my middle initial, too. Oh, word. All right, yeah, see middle initials. That's good. I did that I did that basically because there was a Christopher Dillon on IMDb, and then there's also a Chris Dillon on IMDb, so I had to differentiate myself mm. and put the L in. That's fine. So that's my stage name. Shane K. Witty. The reason I do the K is to give a shout-out to the grandpa I never knew. He knew me, but I didn't know him because he died when I was, like, one. So I kind of like to give him a shout-out. Nice. Yeah, no, but Chris, Chris L. Dillon is just my stage name. My, my real, well, you know this. My real name is uh, Varkas uh, uh, Witherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But you know that doesn't that doesn't translate well on uh, you know for uh, I don't know stage and screen. I don't know. I'd be like, oh, this Farkas Witherspoon sounds interesting. Let's bring him back for a callback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would ever happen. Anyway, <laughs> so here we are. We're drinking instant coffee. Bought from the Dollar Tree. Heck yeah. We sit in the world headquarters for the Spooky <laughs> Podcast. Enjoying our instant coffee. So what is this podcast? What are we doing? Why are we here sitting in our world headquarters drinking instant coffee? We're talking about spooky stuff. Things that spook you, that go bump in the night. Right. Folklore and ghost stories and those kind of things. Stuff that makes your butthole wink. Or blow kisses. Yeah, blow kisses. But, but yeah. it's basically the, you know, blowing a kiss and winking are kind of, yeah. that's basically the same muscle movements. Yeah, the same concept. <laughs> For the same, uh, <laughs> have the same goal. <laughs> but, so, thinking about making this podcast, kind of the impetus for it. So, thinking about this podcast... Because, Shane, you and I are professed atheists. Yes. Skeptics. Very much so. We're going to be talking about the sort of thing that we don't generally believe in. Hmm? But one of the things I noticed about atheists and skeptics, our community, is that we have a tendency to be really interested in these sort of things. And I think it's because... I think it's because we're atheists and skeptics. Like, I don't know about you, but, you know, I was raised in a religious household. And um, when I started questioning things, like, that wasn't an easy transition to make, right? Because it's a lot easier to believe in the afterlife and uh, ghosts and all this other kind of stuff. Because nobody really likes the idea of when you die, like, that's it. Like, even, even well, atheists. It's not like we're really happy about this concept that it's like, well, okay, when I die, well, everything's just over. I think the best way atheism was ever described to me was if... Close one eye. Okay. One eye uh, closed. All right. What do you see out of that eye? 
nothing. Exactly. And that really, that was told to me when I was, you know, on a spiritual path. You know, I was raised in a very religious household um, for my most formative years. And I'm at the age where before we called them evangelicals, they were called born again. But before that, I was raised in... um, a Catholic household, and then my mom started double dipping. (laughs) 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 So Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays were spent studying not just one Bible, but two Bibles. Okay. Um, Because the evangelicals will use the King James Version. Right. And the Catholics have the Catholic Bible. Um, But, yeah, I do agree with you that our our inquisitive nature will still make us, you know, be interested in the supernatural. Yeah. And and it's not necessarily, not all of us are super militant in, you know, a desperate quest to disprove something. Mm -mm. Um, it's, we don't have to disprove something, you need to prove something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the whole burden of proof thing. Because I used to be, I used to be one of those, like, real militant, atheist, like, kind of guy that everybody talks about on, like, Reddit or whatever, and it's like, I was down for every, any argument, any time. <laughs> like, bring, bring me the Christians and I will smite them. I will be the lion that eats them in the Colosseum. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I just don't, I don't have time for that shit anymore. Like, believe what you want, that's cool. Uh, and I'm going to believe what I want, that's cool. Yeah. Just don't legislate my life. That's where it boils down to. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, you know, a, a libertarian phrase that libertarians like to throw around a lot, and that's, the right to swing your fist ends at my nose. Yeah. So your religion your spiritual beliefs, if they make you a better person, yeah. great. That makes you a better person. Right. That necessarily won't make me a better person. Right. Let me do the things that will allow me to be a better person. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And so, yeah, so thinking about thinking about this podcast, putting it together and stuff, I, I kind of wanted to touch on more of the fun stuff. Because as atheists, as skeptics, people tend to look at us as like, the buzz kills. Oh, that's not real. And yeah, we do that. But... <laughs> what? Us? But that's still, that, that, that doesn't take away, like, the entertainment factor of these stories. Uh, I still find them fascinating I, I spend a lot of time on youtube and i like watching all the like the spit like t- 10 things 10, 10 serial killers american serial killers or uh oh armageddon week for me yeah that makes my that makes my butthole wink yeah 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 totally so i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> Rose gonna end oh shit but then they give the scientific explanation for it, and I'm like, that shit's real? Like Red Tide or, you know, 
or you you know giant toxic bubbles of prehistoric methane gas that's at the bottom of a river for or bottom of a lake for some reason rises to the surface and bursts and kills people I'm like oh shit yeah yeah I mean we can't you know even as an atheist and skeptic I can't deny the fact that there's still stuff out there that we haven't explained yet well yeah definitely and um you know I'm just not ready to as soon as I hear a tale go ghosts demons jesus but jesus demons jesus and demons <laughs> fighting demons yeah no so but it's it's fun to talk about and so that's why we're here that's the podcast the spooky podcast we've decided will be the name because i couldn't believe that no one else has called their podcast spooky and so now so yeah we're just gonna call our spooky i'm okay with that yeah it's a good word good. I think it's a funny word. For some reason, mm-hmm. I've always found it funny. Yeah. It conjures images of Scooby-Doo to, to me. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you know, oh, we peel off the mask, and it's Mr. Magoo, yeah. who was disguised as the weird swamp monster the whole time. Yeah. Oh, shit, this is old Matt Davis, the caretaker of the uh, the amusement park. That has been closed for the past twenty five years. Yeah. He still well, is the caretaker. Yeah. Speaking of amusement parks, I kind of think that atheists and skeptics look at ghost stories and folklore kind of the same way you have roller coaster enthusiasts. Sure. You want to be scared. Yeah. Like me, I prefer the wooden roller coaster because it moves. Right, sounds I don't, all rickety. Yeah, it's all rickety. You're like, no, this is it. I'm dying on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just paid money to die. Exactly. <laughs> I overpaid money to die. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, it's like the the streamlined NASA freaking super tube steel constructed thing. It's just, yeah, it goes faster than the wooden ones do, but the wooden ones scare the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere of them. Give you yeah, that. you hear the wood creak. You feel the sway. You're like, this is it. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> Tell my mom I love her. <laughs> and then I go eat cotton candy to calm my nerves afterwards. Or a falafel. <clears throat> so uh, so we're, we're starting off. We're kicking this off now with... So our, our world headquarters is based here in beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico. The beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's right. Where we enjoy uh, beautiful mountains. Uh, serene mesas. Serene mesas. Unactive volcanoes. Forests. Beautiful sunrises. Beautiful sunsets. Right. Um, It'd really be nice awful. if we had more water around us, but hey... You know, it's a desert. We can do. We're in a valley. It all kind of rolls down downhill mm. at us, right? Mm. So we enjoy all those beautiful things. The Frontier Restaurant, where you can get wonderful burritos, sticky buns, sticky buns. Uh, Albuquerque also, where the Owl Cafe that is shaped like an owl. Yeah, it's just a big fucking owl head. You can go inside and eat a burger inside the owl head. Yep, which is pretty awesome. So we got that cool stuff. We have the uh, we're one of the most violent states in the uh, in the union. Yep. Uh, 
don't let Breaking Bad fool you. We absolutely do have a terrible meth pro- problem. We're cooking a batch of meth right now as yeah, we speak. That's part of what the world headquarters that's, is. Uh, that's what we're doing. We're just wasting time while the batch cooks or something. Yeah, something to do. Got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so because we're here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which also has always been sort of a hotbed of supernatural phenomena, tales. Well, we we kind of are lucky in that aspect because we're like smack dab middle in the state. So, right. you know, everything kind of circles around us. Yeah. And we're the biggest city. Exactly. So there's that. Yeah. But there's, there's uh, uh, New Mexico is, it's old. Everything here is old and it's rustic in a lot. Not in Albuquerque, but around us, we're surrounded by, um, you know, deserts and, and uh, plains and mesas and, and people living as far as you possibly could be from like a Walmart. Well, yeah, and we have one of the oldest consistently settled places in the Western Hemisphere in Acoma, which is about 80 miles away. Oh, really? Okay. And, uh, you know, civilization has been here for numerous, numerous uh, thousands of years. Yeah. From indigenous peoples to when the Europeans came to, you know, where we are now we're a hodgepodge of like what the yeah yeah which i've always felt is sort of like the uh you know it's it's basically like the uh, um the model of what everybody says america should be because we are truly like a melting pot of people and cultures and races and um yeah, if we could get rid of the drugs and the violence, it'd be great. <laughs> but there's not a lot of racial tension here, so you know, racial or religious tension here. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we all kind of seem to accept each other's bullshit um, for the most part, yeah. and so out of that is born a lot of legends and folk tales and uh, the meshing of the two. Yeah, yeah. It's basically you can't go like. 10 feet without tripping over a, a demon or a ghost or something around here. Chupacabras. Yeah, chupacabras. They are rampant this year. Yep. It must be due to the the mild winter we just had. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a pretty hot summer. So. <laughs> but no, so that's the other. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some New Mexico stuff. To kick off this first episode, we're going to talk about some New Mexico legends but we're going to try and avoid a little bit of uh, the more uh, stuff everybody always talks about. Chupacabra is one of them. Uh, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Where Where is Geronimo's skull? Right? That's stuff everybody talks about. Let's talk about some stuff maybe not as many, many people talk about. At least try to. So first off, let's talk about Santa Fe a little bit. So Santa Fe is about an hour north of where we're at. Everybody knows Santa Fe. Or as the locals call it, Fanta Say, because yeah. it's a fantasy world. Yeah. And we don't necessarily mean that in a good way. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I mean, you know, if if your thing is you want to go check out some pretty old buildings and you want to buy some overpriced turquoise, 
Um, you want to see how a colonial city um, was built in the old way, where the church is at the center of town and it kind of goes out and rings. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they, and, and even with when building like new stuff, they tend to kind of keep with that aesthetic, you know. So if you ever wanted to see an Adobe Big Lots, <laughs> you'll find one in Santa Fe. <laughs> You want to see a tin roof Home Depot? Santa Fe's got it. But Santa Fe is uh, is our capital, and that place has a lot of its own tales. And we're going to talk about <clears throat> what is called the Loretto Church in Santa Fe, which uh, has its own bit of notoriety. Uh, it was built in the late 1800s. Um, and so the story goes that when they built this church, which was, I believe was in 1876, something along mm, those lines. Right around there. Yeah. The, uh, the architect of the place um, died right before he was completely finished building it. And um, the church was like 99% done. Uh, however, on the second floor of the church, there is the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the choir nest. I don't know. What are, what are, is that what it's called? Uh, is it the choir's nest? Um, so it's something like that. But it's have, where the choir would sit. Yeah, the choir sits, and it's, it's upstairs. But he didn't really leave a way to get up there. And for a while, they were using a ladder to climb up to the second floor that they just kind of propped up against, and then they were climbing up. However, the nuns weren't too keen on this because of the particular habits that they... Uh, wear over there, uh, a little immodest, walking up, climbing up uh, a ladder, and they weren't too fond of uh, people seeing up, seeing their knickers, their uh, things like that. Uh, so, because I mean, you don't want to be staring at knickers in church. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing I've never, I've, uh, you know, anytime I've ever been to church, I don't want to like look at the nuns and. No. No. Gross. Sister Mary Agnes was not very. I would not want to know what her knickers look like. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of as a service to both the nuns and the community, they put a call out. Someone to help them. They needed some stairs. And as good Catholics do, how did they make their call out? They sat around and they prayed. And they prayed for like, I don't know. There's like some Catholic sort of thing where you got to sit around and you got to pray for was it like seven days or something you gotta like I can't remember it's been so long um yeah I mean you know, you know sure we could have done some some research on this but hey it's why? our first time give us yeah. cut us some slack people yeah just feel, feel good the fact that I remember that it's a Loretto Chapel that that's the name <laughs> alright let's bring this let's bring this up here a little bit okay so I'm looking at it alright so the, the Our Lady of Light Chapel, Loretto Chapel, 1872, which was uh, Jean-Baptiste Lemieux. Lamy? Lemieux? Lemieux? I don't know. He's the bishop of the Santa Fe Archdiocese. And he commissioned the chapel to be built. Uh, chapel was designed by French architect Antoine Mouly in the Gothic Revival style, complete with spires, buttresses, and stained glass windows imported from France. Heck yeah, some buttresses up in there. Yep. 
<laughs> Although it was built on a much smaller scale, the chapel bears an obvious resemblance to the Saint Chapelle in Paris. And I probably said that wrong. Forgive, forgive me. But uh, choir loft. It was lacking any type of stairway to the choir loft. So, um, due to the chapel's small size, the standard staircase would have been too large. Uh, so that's when they started doing the, the ladder. So here's where we get into the myth of the staircase. Uh, needing mystery. away the history. The sisters of Loretto relate the story as follows. Needing a way to get up to the choir loft, the nuns prayed for St. Joseph's intercession for nine straight days. On the day after their novena, novena? I'm guessing that's the uh, nine uh, days of praying. Uh, after it ended, a shabby-looking stranger appeared at their door. He told the nuns he would build them a staircase, but he needed total privacy and locked himself in the chapel for three months. He used a small number of primitive tools, including a square, a saw, and some warm water, and constructed a spiral staircase entirely of non-native wood. The identity of the carpenter is not known, uh, for as soon as the staircase was finally finished, he was gone. Many witnesses, upon seeing the staircase, feel it was constructed by St. Joseph himself as a miraculous occurrence. Well, was St. Joseph a carpenter? I kind of uh, recall some really prominent figure in Christianity being a carpenter. Oh, yeah, I might have heard of him. Um, Jesus? Jesus? Yeah. Jesus, that's, that's it. it. Jesus, uh, Harold Christ. <laughs> Is that Harold spelled H-A-R-O-L-D or H-E-R-A-L-D? Kind of like, you know, heart, the Herald Angels sing. Yeah, well, that might be. I never thought of that. Well, you should probably investigate that for so a future episode. Yeah, a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> The origins of the H in Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> okay, so looking up here, um, St. Joseph is, in fact, the Joseph that was married to Mary. Mary. Oh, sweet. Mother of Jesus. Well, back in the day, but wasn't he a fisherman? That's a good question. Because Jesus a was a fisherman, too. Right. Well, maybe they just did both. I mean, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that fished in the winter, built in the summer. Yeah, or something, or maybe the other way around. <laughs> or maybe they were boat builders. You still need to use carpentry skills on yeah, that. You gotta, you gotta, and you got to curve it. And what's curved at the Loretta Chapel? The staircase. There you go. There you go. Well, and you know, obviously. Joseph and Jesus would be, they'd be into ocean fishing. Like, they're... Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't just do, like, lake fishing. They're not out there getting, like... No. Like Hell, lake, it's, it's, lake the, bass. it's the Sea of Galilee, for goodness sake. There you go. All right. See, it's all coming mm -hmm. together. It's all starting to make sense. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm assuming that the idea is, is that Joseph was a carpenter. He probably taught Jesus his trade, and that's how Jesus became a carpenter. And then... Many, many centuries later, after his uh, origin story in the Bible, he uh, went to the Loretto Church in Santa Fe and built a miraculous staircase. Maybe he was like, I'm tired of the ocean. I'm going to go to some place where there's not large bodies of water. 
hey, this place looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here at the call, it's, you know, nine days. <laughs> nine days of praying. Well, and he was shabbily dressed. Yeah, shabbily you know. dressed. You know, okay. Now, I don't want necessarily want to call into question some things, but I'm going to call into question some things. So a shabbily dressed stranger in the late 1800s shows up at your freshly built church doors and is like... And gets access for three months? Three months. Private access. He's like, yo, I will build this staircase for you, but you can't watch me. You got to stay out of the church for three months. I'm just going to be in the church for three months, and you'll have a staircase. And they said, okay. Well, you know, and given the 1800s and, well, the population of New Mexico, even currently being, you know, as small as it is, I'm totally sure there was other places for the sisters to stay. Yeah, probably. There's probably a Coventry or something. Yeah, something. You know, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, the archdiocese didn't have a problem with some shabbily dressed stranger. No, not at all. I'm sure they had Mm. something set up, you know, just down the block. Right? Yeah. Probably had like a, you know, like an Airstream or something, you know. Just like, just like in an empty, empty lot next to like the like a Seven Eleven. Did they hold services like out in front of the church while the staircase was being built? You know, Sunday mass. They're standing outside, but like, look, the reason we're doing this at six o'clock in the morning is because the sun hasn't come up yet. Because for those of you that don't know, while New Mexico has a very mild climate, we are very high in altitude. Yeah. So the sun here basically punches you. It's like if you were a pirate and the sun was an angry, rabid parrot sitting on your shoulder trying to gouge your eyes out with its beak. That's basically what the sun is like here in New Mexico. So, yes, people from Arizona, yes, you're hotter. People from Texas, yes, there's more humidity. But our sun kicks the crap out of us. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you have to get used to the idea of you will bake in the summer here. And it's not like, you know, you know, we, yeah, we are in the desert, but, you know, it's not like all year long we're getting baked. There's like two or three months out of the year where it's hell on earth. And um, no one can think or move. Or anything like that, and then the rest of the year it's actually pretty okay. Like yeah. you, you know, well, even in, even in our hot times, as long as there's a breeze and you can find some shade, you know, it's it's still comfortable. Yeah. But if you're out in that where you know it's one of those clear days where literally the sky looks purple, it's so clear, and you can see into the deep recesses of space. Yeah. The sun basically is like the logo from Raisin Bran, but it's it's two months of its dark period. So instead of smiling, like, hey, here's some raisins, it's all angry, and he's all, fuck off, I'm going to make you all raisins. Right. So I got you two scoops right here. I got, I got two scoops of hate for you. So I'll pour that shit right on your head. <laughs> so yeah, okay, so we're going to go ahead and we're just going to go ahead and go with the fact that Shabby Stranger shows up, kicks the nuns out of their church, Three months. Three months. I'm going to go ahead and say that, yes, this is canon in the story that they ended up staying in an Airstream 
in a vacant <laughs> lot next to like a Seven Eleven. It was so hard to get fuel for their generator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't too bad. They could walk down to the uh, Adobe Big Lots <laughs> and pick up whatever they needed, or you know, uh, living off of um, big gulps and uh, big gulps and Navajo tacos. Yeah, big bites. Big bites. Hot dogs were all the rage in the late 1800s well, you know, in New Mexico. <laughs> you know, they always have that special. Like it's, they say it's special, but it's like I, I don't think they've ever not had it. Where it's like three dollars, you get the big, like the 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 biggest gulp. The, yeah, the, giant, the double gulp. The double gulp and a big bite hot dog for like three dollars. We're totally gonna have to bring up the fact that Seven Eleven names all their things after very specific sex acts. Yeah. Or at least, you know, they allude to sexual acts. Your big bites. Yeah. <laughs> your gulps. Ooh, you want a spicy bite? You want a quarter pound one? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'd be good for a uh, uh, future episode. Maybe some uh, the conspiracies around 7-Eleven. Or, you know, actually, now that I think about it, we're talking late 1800s. It's not a 7-Eleven. It's got to be an all-subs. Oh, Definitely. So yeah, okay. This makes this is starting to make more sense. They're living in their airstream. They're living off of also chimichangas, and they're still serving the same ones they they ser- they cooked up in the eighteen hundreds. That's yeah. why every also smells the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they just cooked them all up in bulk back then. Yeah, and um, and they uh, sun dried them or okay. they put them in a root cellar or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Probably somewhere near Loretto Church. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, so they it's can sacred ground. It. Yeah, that's how it all started. <laughs> this is during that three months. The nuns needed something to do. So they started all substitutions. If you think about it, Loretta Cha- Loretto Chapel, all subs, both have two L's. Oh, shit. Just saying. Cracking the case. This makes a lot of sense now. All right, so... <laughs> Three months, shabby man is building this staircase while the nuns are inventing all sorts of chimichangas next door. Bless Sister Agatha Marie. <laughs> so after three months, uh, shabby man emerges and says, "Behold, hark and lo, I have built the a staircase," and then and then poofs into the ether. Yep. Now I don't know. It doesn't really go into that sort of detail. I don't know if he like just he was standing there and then he just like phased out of existence, or if they were just like. Or maybe they're like, we didn't hear hammering for two days. Let's go see if mysterious shabby dude is still in there, and he was just gone. Yeah, but there's a staircase. But there's a staircase there. Yeah. And he didn't even take time to grab an also chimichanga on his way out. <laughs> What a right. generous man. Seriously, no payment, not even a chimichanga. Not even a chimichanga. Not even a, a room temperature <laughs> cup of coffee. Not no even, thanks needed. Not, even, not even a tall substance and a really crappy waxed paper <laughs> cup. <laughs> so this isn't the miracle. We haven't even gotten to the miracle yet, okay, because I can totally see a situation of someone needing some shit here in New Mexico and then just some shabby person showing up and going, yeah, I can do that for you. That happens all the time. That's that's standard industry practice 
Well, Central Avenue in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. Now people knock on my door, front door all the time. I'm like, hey, uh, pull your weeds. Uh, yeah. Let me do your yard. Yeah. And you go, yeah. I got and they're some, usually I shabby looking. Yeah. And you're like, I got some also chimichangas here in the house. Perfect. <laughs> the stars have aligned. Pull my weeds and you'll be rewarded generously. <laughs> you can eat as many apples from this crappy apple tree I have in my front yard as you possibly want. No, you can't use the bathroom. <laughs> okay, so getting into the miracle. Let's, let's hear about it. So the staircase itself is considered the miracle. Reading here from uh, Wikipedia, the resulting staircase is an impressive work of carpentry. It ascends 20 feet, making two complete revolutions up to the choir loft without the use of nails no. or apparent center support. It has been surmised that the central, central spiral of the staircase is narrow enough to serve as a central beam. Uh, nonetheless, there was no attachment onto any wall or pole in the original stairway, although in 1887, ten years after it was built, a railing was added and the outer spiral was fastened to an adjacent pillar. Uh, instead of metal nails, the staircase was constructed using dowels or wooden pegs. Yes, well, with... You know, having experience in carpentry, dowels and wooden pegs were kind of used a lot. In fact, the reason we call the um, when you're doing carpentry and you refer to mail uh, to nails, you refer to them as you know number penny. So like a sixteen penny nail. Oh, okay. It's yeah, like yeah. a huge. It's because it was worth sixteen pennies. <laughs> Oh, okay. It wasn't like they took 16 pennies and then smashed them together no. into a According nail. to the instructors at my carpentry school, anyway, when I was <laughs> going okay. through it. So. Okay. Because that's where I'd go first. I'd be like, okay, <coughs> did they just take 16 pennies and then melt them down into a nail? Uh, well, no, it was worth 16 pennies. That's why, like, <laughs> people were like, I got 1800s. I ain't got 16 pennies. Yeah, it's like, do you realize how many nails you need to build something? <laughs> a few. 16 pennies. Yeah. Jeez. All right. So apparently, this staircase, with its uh, design and uh, lack of, uh, or perceived lack of support, makes it miraculous, coupled with the story of the shabby man. The shabby man. The shabby man. Who they believe, some people believe, was St. Joseph himself. Some people believe it was Jesus himself. Right. Mm -hmm. So either Father of Jesus or Jesus himself showed up and was like, I will Jesus, give, baby daddy. Yeah. I will gift upon you this staircase. So uh, the one thing that I wasn't able to really kind of uh, find kind of an answer to was the thing about non-native wood. Um, yeah. That's the only thing that sort of throws a... Throws a wrench in the whole thing because in the, in the story it never talks about him like showing up with a cart full of like non-native wood. It's just that this non-native wood just miraculously appeared, right? And he built the staircase out of it. But otherwise, modern carpenters look at it and they say, while an impressive feat at the time, especially with the tools used, mm. totally possible. The thing that this the staircase itself is it works off of just basic principles of physics because it's, uh, as, as this thing says, it's two revolutions up to the roof. Um, so it's built as a, as a spiral. It's a spring. 
you know, wood mm-hmm. has a gift to it. And so the tension of the, uh, the spring-like stairs uh, makes it so that it wouldn't need the support. Um, I don't know if you've ever actually been to the chapel. No, I, 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 have, I personally haven't. I have myself. And I, I, the only reason I go to Santa Fe is for uh, Chicharron at a particular establishment. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I've been there myself, and the stairs, they have uh, sort of a give to them when you, when you touch it. I mean, it's wood. So you step so, on it, and there's like a springiness to it. And my understanding of it is, is that that springiness attributes to that tension uh, that mm. keeps the uh, the staircase uh, between the the floor and the ceiling. It's it's tense. It's you know kind of like a shower curtain rod. Yeah. Um, but you know, even even with a robust fellow such as myself stepping on it, it's not it doesn't cause enough uh, springiness to make the thing topple. I imagine if there was like twenty of me on the thing stomping on mm. it, it'd probably fall over. We can go with ten of you and ten of me, and you know, okay, there we we'll go. take that staircase yeah. down. Yeah, even with the, even with their stupid supports, and then that they added later, and, and then re, and then reprove the miracle. And that's the thing too is that if they if it's so fucking miraculous, and you know, and it's it's held up by the power of uh, fucking faith or whatever, why would you need ten years later to put in supports in a railing on the mm. thing? Like, don't you trust in Jesus or Saint Joseph to build you something? It's gonna, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna last for eternity. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity, man. Gravity. But I find it interesting. It's just, it's a fucking staircase. It's really not. I've seen it in real life. It's pretty. No, it's beautiful. It's it, it, absolutely it, beautiful. No, the and the chapel is v- beautiful. Yeah. Like they've, you know, they've maintained the sheen of it. I mean, it's it's glossy. It looks not really the pretty. Charlie Sheen. They yeah. didn't use any tiger blood in the construction of said chapel, as far as we know. As far as we know, as far as the staircase goes, no one knows because he was by himself for. As far as we know, and it's was, non-native wood, yeah, so he, it could be tiger blood wood. We don't know. Yeah, he could have been wrestling tigers, winning. And, <laughs> Curing the wood in, in Tiger Blood. We're all, we, we, it's possible. I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. The EPA wasn't around, you know, yeah. and, you know, the animal rights groups didn't exist back then. So, yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, you hear, especially being here in New Mexico, you grow up and you're hearing about the mirac- miraculous staircase in Loretto Chapel. And then you go and you see it and you go, yeah, it's a fucking staircase. Like I've seen. Well, it's kind of like, like when I, Saw the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> I'm all psyched up because I'm thinking it's going to be the size of, you know, the, you know, the Empire State Building. It's pretty <laughs> small to, there, right? Oh yeah, no. You have to. The whole time you're walking, you're not even paying attention. They got all these vendors and stuff out there selling, you know, Leaning Tower of Pisa, you know, Chotsky. Right. And then you got you have what like a sea of all the people doing their perspective pictures of like holding up the well, but there's this huge wall. You're not even paying attention, right? So you just keep walking. It's not even a huge wall. It's probably I don't know twelve, fifteen feet. You just keep walking. You're like, no, I don't want to buy. No, I don't need a leaning tower piece of salt and pepper set. I just don't. <laughs> I'm like, I need to see this giant skyscraper that's leaning. <laughs> You keep walking, and you're walking down this this you know this street, 
you make a left, and you make another left, and be like, ooh, there's a gelato place right there that serves beer. Um, so we're totally going to hit that after we see this miraculous thing that's happening with a leading to her pizza. <laughs> and then you walk in, you're like, oh my God, that 12-foot wall was hiding the view the entire time. <laughs> the building, I don't know what it's called, but the building right next to the Leaning Tower pizza that's in the same courtyard that's sealed off by this wall is way more impressive. <laughs> and then you can't even go up there and touch it, so you have to, like, like you're saying, doing the perspective of, oh, I'm holding it up, because that hasn't been done. Right. Um, is <laughs> you it was like 25, 30 feet where they have a fence around it. So you can't even go up and touch it and be like, I touched the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, you see all the tourists all. Yeah. Just people in this open courtyard, you know, where they're <laughs> getting their picture taken, but you're walking by them at a different angle and they're all like just standing with their hands up. And the person taking the pictures all, no, get your left hand up higher. No, not your right hand lower. <laughs> yeah. so you gotta hurry up or lose light because we gotta go and take a picture of you eating the moon later because <laughs> I just learned about perspective <laughs> it's gonna be like a crescent one it's gonna be like a lunar banana <laughs> now look Deborah. I bought this DSLR I'm gonna be a professional photographer <laughs> And I just saw a YouTube video about perspective. So fucking get with the program and put your hands where I'm telling you to put them. And Deborah's like, but come on, Bonnie. I just want to go to the gelato place and get some gelato and a beer. We're on vacation. We're supposed to be having fun. You're ruining it. That's your perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what, I don't know. That's what it always really kind of boiled down to for me was... Um, yeah, it's a staircase, and it's a pretty staircase. And um, okay, yeah, I'll go so far as to say it's 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 nice enough, but I'm proud to walk on that staircase. Like, and and I think now at this point, because when I went there, that was many many years ago. It's probably the same sort of thing. I think they have it like cordoned off, so you can't actually go on the staircase anymore. It's just for even when they do the pilgrimage every year, where people walk from all over the state to like the, the church. The Trail of Tears or whatever, is that what it is? No, not the Trail of Tears. Oh, no. Why don't I... I forget what it's called, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, we're No, they do the pilgrimage. They, do, they go there, they go down to Tomei. Yeah, right. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Someone you could, someone could email us and, and set us straight on that. Um, I'm sure they could. Yeah. I'm sure someone will. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will be like, "Do your research." Yeah. You say you're New Mexicans. Yeah. No. It's like New Yorkers that don't go to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. there there are a ton of New Yorkers who have never been to the Statue of Liberty. People, just yeah, so just you like, know, so, they see that shit every day. Like, who cares? Oh, yeah. Mm, huh. Yeah. So I'm more worried about what time the L train is <laughs> heading to wherever the L train heads. But it sort of just it blows me away that there's such a um, like I don't know a culture around it around this the staircase you know, people coming to see it and to me it's 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 along the same lines of someone finding you know uh, someone perceiving an image of you know uh, the Virgin Mary and their toast. And then people buy tickets to go see it. 
Or like, what was that? There or was they that sell one. it on, on eBay for... Yeah. Um, or like uh, that one church, I forget where it is with the church where they were like, we have the, the statue of, the, of, the, of Jesus crucified and he cries. And then people went to investigate. Oh, the and, blood tears, yeah. And they were like, oh no, it's just sort, it's just rusty water that <laughs> drips from your ceiling, which isn't up to code. You, you need to get that shit fixed. <laughs> Come investigate our miracle. Here's a bill for getting your stuff up to building code standards. You're, you're lucky people didn't die. <laughs> rusty water on your statue <laughs> give me a break and so mm-hmm. I, I, f- I feel like it sort of falls along those that same kind of category of it's it's a fun story i guess well no it is i mean you know the mysterious stranger i mean that shows up and does something amazing um yeah. i mean that's a you know yeah, I mean it's the late eighteen hundreds, and you could. Probably, I mean, there's a lot of shit you could have done to probably impress people. Wow, eighteen seventy two or whatever. Like, I mean, if you showed up and you were like doing like parkour or something, they'd be like, "Fuck, it's a miracle." No, that or they'd be like, "He's possessed by a demon." Look right. at the way he can leap from Adobe building to Adobe building. <laughs> the New Mexico Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> He's obviously. Possessed by the demon Happy Jack <laughs> Alopinus. Everybody knows about Happy Jack Alopolis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't heard of that? <laughs> that's that standard New Mexico Fair bedtime story. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me call the Happy Jack Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear, it just occurs to me, just in case you're wondering, listening mm. to this, no, we're not... Every episode is not going to be about New Mexico. Um, we're going to be talking about this kind of tomfoolery. Shenanigans. Shenanigans all over the world. Um, just Valley anything who. that really sounds interesting. Or, and so I just thought we'd kick it off with the Loretto Chevel. But there's not really a whole lot we can really say about that. Um, it's kind of, they, someone built the staircase. No. Um, a shabby person. A shabby yeah. person. Built a staircase, and I don't know about you, but that seems you do not take away that person's shabby existence, sir. Yeah, well, it's a damn miracle <laughs> that a shabby person could build a staircase. A shabby man sounds like a Stephen King novel or movie, right? A, a shit, shabby like man. A, a shit like Ghost House Pictures, Blumhouse Pictures. Uh, last year, last year we had the Bye Bye Man. Now today, we have the shabby, the shabby man. Don't even think about him. Don't even say his name. You say it four times in the mirror and turn around counterclockwise. The shabby man will appear and build you a staircase. (laughs) He has the power to to conjure up soft woods from the Amazon rainforest. (laughs) And he'll only just need to live in your house for three months while you live in an airstream. Yeah, you can't live there too. You can't, you can't see his methods. All right, so yeah, so there's the Loretto Chapel. I don't, I don't even really know what else we could really try to say about that. Do you have something? You have something you want to talk about? I do. All right, let's so, move on to the next topic. This could be considered. This could be construed as phenomena or. It actually can be construed as... Uh, it can be taken both ways. It can be taken as phenomena and um, 
supernatural. Okay. And supernatural it, phenomena. Well, no, because it's uh, there's natural phenomena too. Oh, that's so happening it could be there. it could be natural. It could be nat. Well, part of it can be natural. Well, I think it's super weird. And it involves the Boy Scouts. Okay. All right. Now you've got me a little nervous. Just saying. <laughs> but I think I know where you're getting at. <laughs> so what's going on with the Boy Scouts in New um, Mexico that may be supernatural? So the Boy Scouts own this place. Um, for those listening... It is west of Springer, which Springer is about an hour north of the last place we talked about, Loretto Chapel. It's about an hour north of Santa Fe, and then you head west. Okay, yeah, you hit Springer, which is uh, locally known as... As where the boys... What is it called? Boys like, Ranch. Yeah, Boys Ranch, which is basically a youth uh, prison facility. It's juvie in a place where <laughs> there's nothing to even look forward to. Right. Um, which was which was kind of a, it was it was it was a big threat growing up. Yeah, like don't don't screw around or they might send you to the boys ranch in Springer. Yeah, it's kind of a place of its own kind of mythology <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm sure if somebody's listening to this from somewhere else is like, oh no, we got a town like that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's rural. It's the northern part of the state. But then you head west from there. And there, there's a po- uh, Boy Scouts on a place known as the the Philmont Scout Ranch. Okay. All right. That doesn't sound sinister at all. Not at all. Okay, and so the Boy Scouts own this. This is owned by the Boy Scouts of America. They own a ranch where this, this certain place... Um, Exists. It's okay. it's on their property, right. and the place is. And I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna slaughter the saying of this, but it's the Yaraca Mesa, okay, also known as a gateway to the demon realm. Oh shit! The Boy Scouts own the gateway to the demon realm. I'm just saying. Okay. All right, this sounds like the makings of the dopest Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> well, wait till you hear the description of the Mesa. Okay. So, um, the word Yoraka, to start off with, is um, a word used by the ancient Anasazi. Okay. And the Apache, and it means magpie. And it's very important that we remember that it. Okay. That it means magpie. Magpie. It's okay. Bird. It's a bird. Because magpie, it's like a crow for those of you that don't know. Right. And um, within the Anasazi and the Apache, um, it's a harbinger of death. Oh. As is most mm. things that I find in uh, folklore. <laughs> Everything is an, an omen or a harbinger of death. So. If the magpie called your name, you were doomed to an ill fate. In short, the Native Americans believe the Mesa to be a truly evil place and the gateway to the demon realm. So why do they say this? So why do they say this? Why do they say it's the gateway to the demon realm? Like what's Okay, well so one, the Mesa, if you look at it from certain angles, will actually look like a skull. 
Okay. Like from above, or are we talking about like? No, you got to kind of be like at a like ground level, like weird angle. Like they couldn't even like get a good picture. They're like, no, it looks like a skull. I'm like, I I, I can't see it. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like looking at looking at clouds and being like, hey, yeah. did you see the house in the? <laughs> that one looks like a dragon. No, it looks like a pig. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> someone but, someone thought it looked like a skull at one point. Yeah. Um, the Anasazi were the original inhabitants of okay. the land. Anasazi mm-hmm. is a tribe of Native Americans. Yes. And if I remember correctly, growing up here in New Mexico, there was the Anasazi. They had their stories. They were sort of like Aesop fables, right? Yes, they very much about so. Like, the, like the, the spider kicking it with the snake. And, yeah, uh, and, and they just suddenly... They disappeared relatively quickly. Okay. About a thousand years, nine hundred to a thousand years ago. The Anasazis. The Anasazi disappeared. Now is that related? Is that related? It is. It is related to this. It it is related to the Magpie Mesa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because their disappearance was, uh, from what archaeologists have been able to discover, is that it was sudden and it was violent. Okay. Which doesn't describe any of interactions with Native Americans. It does. They're not sure if it was from a rival tribe or not. They just know that the Anasazi disappeared quickly and violently. Okay. Okay. I think I just kind of feel like that description could probably fit with a lot of groups of people back then. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. Carry on. Carry on. So anyhow... Later on, the the Navajo mm-hmm. um, starts settling the area. Right. Okay. All right. And they started to feel or sense evil spirits in the rocks. Okay. And the rivers and the trees. Okay. All right. I think I've, I think I get where they're coming from. I'm drinking this dollar store coffee, and I'm kind of I'm feeling something similar. <laughs> Slowly, they tracked these ominous entities to Yoraka Mesa. Okay, weird, evil sense, a, a, a presence. So, how this thing looks like a skull? They believe that in one of the eyes of the skull is the gateway to what they call the fifth dimension, which is their version of hell. Okay. The All demon right. world. All right, fair. Navajo medicine men um, studied the petroglyphs and the lore of the area and right. came to the conclusion that a huge battle was fought atop the mesa between the Anasazi and the forces of darkness. Okay. And to be clear, for people who are not from New Mexico, when we talk about petroglyphs, those are basically the New Mexico version of ancient cave paintings, but instead of like in, I mean they did it in caves, yeah, but then they also just marked up the side of like cliff faces and shit like that, and then we call them the petroglyphs yes okay so did, uh so on these petroglyphs the 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 uh, evil forces are like are they depicted a certain way or um the they didn't include any photos of these petroglyphs. I'm guessing that goes along with the 
the native belief of you know like like certain tribes don't let you photograph things. Oh right, you just, yeah. like an image of an image of something mm-hmm. kind of basically becomes that thing. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And, and okay. You trap the image of it. Convenient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think there was an episode of Doctor Who like that. So according to these petroglyphs, okay, the entire tribe entered the cave. Mm-hmm. To the demon realm. Oh, okay, shit. Because you know they're tired of demons messing their shit up. As you do, you know. You're you know. Like, hey, I mean, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough times, and you guys are making it unnecessarily more rough with your demonness. Yeah. Okay. You know, you you guys you guys cross some lines. Yeah. You know? I mean, which is to be expected. I mean, we're talking about demons here. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, they're not n- known to enough. be. They're not. They're not known to be. You know, the most. You know, polite of people or things, entities. Right. But so, mm-hmm. but what I'm getting guessing so far, getting so far is that they felt this evil mm-hmm. presence and then went into the cave to kind of kick their ass. But did they have any? Well, sort of no, no. So no. Th- so the this is coming from the Navajo from reading. The petroglyphs. Oh, so this is what they—they they, they, the Navajos sensed the the evilness in everything around them, and it led them to this mesa. And they saw the petroglyphs, and, and they then, pieced together the story of. And the they Anasazi. pieced together it. So the entire Anasazi tribe goes into the cave and never comes out. And their most powerful shaman. Hmm. Yeah, need one of those. Seals the cave. Okay. With the Anasazi inside. Yes. And what's the point of that? Because they were sacrificing themselves for the greater good. They had to stop, you know, the end of the world because of the demon gate. Yeah, why did everybody have to go inside before they sealed Because they had to fight them. But if it's sealed, if they just sealed the shit with all the demons inside, then you don't have to fight the demons. I guess it was to distract them. Bait. Cannon fodder? I don't know. However you, <laughs> however you want to put okay. it. All right. All right. All right. All right. Starting, so to, starting to lose me on that, but okay. okay. Here we go. So the whole tribe goes in there. Their most powerful shaman seals the gate. Okay. And this is how he seals the gate. All right. Okay. Yeah. Getting ready for this. He seals the gate with six cat totems. Oh, yeah, okay. Cat totems. Yes. Yeah. Um, Because cat totems will scare away the magpies. Ah, okay. All right, now we're throwing some logic in here. Total. (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) Birds don't want to be around cats. Yeah. And we're the birds of... You know the heart. You know that bring the news. The harbinger of death can't go. The instruments of death and can't go do it because there's no magpies to tell them that they're coming. They're kind of like egomaniacs, demons. You know, they're like, oh no, announce that I'm coming, <laughs> and that way I can destroy you, destroy it all. But they'll know my name, so they'll cry out in fear. Oh no. So okay. So is that just sort of it? Like. Well, no, no, hold on. So, so no, okay. it gets a little bit better. So there were six, right, of these cat totems. Okay, six cat And totems. so as long as one cat totem remained, 
the gate would stay sealed. Oh, okay. So they're, just, they're hedging their bets with the six. Yes. Because they could do it with one. Yes. But we're like, oh, let's just put six. Yes. All right. But here's the kicker. Okay. There's only two left. Oh, shit. And then, if those two fall, the gate reopens mm-hmm. and the magpies return, spreading the news of the demons that are about to come suck your face off. So what you're saying is we're fucked. Well, maybe. There's two remaining. Right. For now. I mean, we could go build some new ones, I guess. Yeah, but I'm not a shaman. Um, okay. But, so. I, mean, I wouldn't really, I, w- I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, do you go, do you go down to, like, Hobby Lobby and get mm-hmm. some, like, paper mache? We probably shouldn't go with paper mache, you know. Just probably get a chisel and some unnatural wood. Right. From the staircase at Loretto. <laughs> we better pray for nine days. <laughs> Maybe St. Joseph will show up and help us. So, okay. supposedly visitors to this place, they always get a creeped out feeling. Okay. All right. They hear sounds and strange voices and uh, that they're being watched or followed. They've also seen a large blue ball of light floating over the mesa, which people believe is the shaman kind of keeping an eye on things. Like maybe he's freaking out a little bit that, oh, damn, there's only two totems left and he hasn't mastered, you know, like, Doing physical things, you know, like poltergeisty thing. Like he can't become a poltergeisty, you know, carver and make new sure. cat totems or something. Yeah, I'm I can not see sure. That, that might be a, a tough transition. And it's like once you become like a force ghost or whatever, like that's a whole it's a whole new like set of skills you got to learn. <laughs> you got to relearn stuff. So he's still guarding the gate. Okay. Well, you know, there's probably some guilt. I mean, you know, if ghosts are, you know, if ghosts and you know spirits are attached to the physical realm because of, you know, guilt or shame, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he sent his whole tribe into a cave to seal them up in there. So right. yeah. he might have afterwards been all, "Damn, that was kind of a douche move on my part." <laughs> um, now there's nobody left around. But now the phenomena part okay. of this is that. This particular mesa is the most struck-by-lightning place in the state of New Mexico. Compasses don't work there. Really? Yes. Now, scientists are trying to use, you know, their methods. Oh, yeah. Those scientists. And explain it as, well, because the top of this mesa is a giant iron cap. So there's a giant iron ore in the top of the mesa, and so... This it would make sense that the, that the lightning would be attracted to that area. Exactly, and why your compass wouldn't work. Right. But that's just scientific that's explanation. Ridic- that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's preposterous. That's God taking fucking fire and warning shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and, makes more sense. Zeus and Thor have teamed up to strike lightning down upon the demon magpies... So my question is, yeah. Um, so what do the Boy Scouts do out there? I don't know. I was trying to find out. <laughs> or do they just? I'm, they I'm, just I'm own willing the to property. bet. I'm willing to bet that the kids that actually go out to the Scout Ranch, I'm willing to bet they do the same thing that we all did when we were young, and they they do you know they tell the story obviously, yeah, and then they dare each other to go. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. There's gonna, always going to be that one kid that shows up with a like a Ouija board in his backpack. Yeah, and he's like, "Let's break this shit out and talk to some spirits." 
But I, oh, they're saying we got to go to the mountain. Right. Or, you know, Fred's got to go to the mountain because, yeah. you know, they're going to be creeped out by, like, I'm not going to that fucking no, mountain. Fuck and yeah. then so, you know, Fred's the one that's trying to, like, you know, fit in. He's the awkward one. <laughs> you know, how many times have we seen this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then Fred goes out there and, you know, poops himself or doesn't make it all the way or... He sees, sees a little bit of movement in the corner of his eye. It becomes well. You're gonna be, you're gonna go in there with all that stuff spinning around in your head. Yeah, and you're gonna be like, ah, yeah, you're susceptible. What was that? Oh, yeah, a breeze picked up some leaves. Yeah. <laughs> no, by the time he makes it back, it's like motherfucking demons. <laughs> demons everywhere. <laughs> They're just chomping at the bit. I They're, didn't even make it there because when I got there, the sky opened up. Shamans were falling out the sky in blue balls. Magpires were flying around. Blue balls and lightning. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fred, you're going to have blue balls for a very, very long time. Yeah, no, well, all I'm trying to get at is that it's like we, it, we're now at least a decade in on everybody having a cell phone with a camera in their pocket. Everybody's got that shit. Um, how do we not... That's my thing with this stuff where, where they're like, it still continues on today. And I like, well, why don't we have any kind of photographic evidence of this stuff? Like clear photographic evidence, you know? Yeah. They're like, no, look at these... You know, it's... It, that's dust, dude. Yeah. That is literally dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, um, I'd be interested to know if there's anybody going out there to Magpie Mesa, you know, trying to capture some footage of some of this phenomena. And I also would like to know what the Boy Scouts are doing out there. Because well, maybe they're, maybe they're, maybe they're trying to summon the demons. Maybe they're part of the, the whole Bohemian Grove conspiracy, and they're doing their own thing out there at Magpie Mesa. Using they're the, training to get fed to right. pizza parlors and the Bohemian Grove. Mm. Hmm. Makes you hmm. think. Yeah. Well, because the other thing too is, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and guess if we're gonna go on this fanciful sort of uh, line of thinking. If the seal were to be broken, sure that would have probably that would unleash the demons on the world. But then would it also free the Anasazi? Like it would be like the return of the Anasazi. Exactly. That that you know that is a great thought. Yeah, and they're all like battle And they know how to beat like, them because they've been trapped in there since, Yeah, they've, you know. They've had to have figured something yeah. out. They're like, we need dragon glass. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a good source of dragon glass in uh, the fifth dimension, so we got to come back and find that shit. And then we can truly defeat the demons, the White Walkers. Oh, maybe that's why we have so many dormant volcanoes. Maybe mm. when... You know, in calderas, maybe once the gate is released, all of those become active again, thus creating us more dragon glass. I think we're onto something. We're definitely onto something here. <laughs> we need a theme song. We do. Something like Ghost Facers from Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know, that's my thing with this podcast is that I, um, I'm not interested in investigating this stuff. I'm going to go ahead and leave that to other people. I'm just, I'm just reporting on it. We're the and farmer. We're planting the seed. Yeah. We're going to let Mother Nature take over. 
and you know grow the plant. Yeah. If you find something that we stumble across, um, interesting enough to investigate. Yeah, yeah. And people who people from New Mexico, people come to New Mexico, mm-hmm. and what they love to do is go and visit this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, if you're listening uh, to this and you're in the area, why don't you go down to Magpie Mesa or whatever it's actually called? Yoraka. Sure. <laughs> that. And, um, you know, take your, take your iPhone and see if you can capture some, uh, something. Get a picture of the cat totems. Yeah, let's put it to, let's put it to bed. That's if they even allow that. you on there. They probably got it cordoned off because yeah. some Boy Scout in the 50s probably <laughs> fell down into the demon cave. <laughs> right. And twisted still, his ankle. But he still th- haven't but recovered he, his he, bones. He, he, <laughs> I don't know. He came out perfectly fine with a twisted ankle. But he's like, no, the demons reached out and grabbed me because I walked past the totems. <laughs> Oh, you slipped. Thank goodness. Just say you slipped. It's fine. Thank, Nobody's going to think less of you. Thank, thank goodness Lassie found me and went and told Timmy where to find me. <laughs> one one good thing, though, is, you know, our food here is amazing. So, it's true. You know, they can come out and want to investigate stuff. At the very least, you're going to get some awesome food. Right? Like, also, it's chimichangas. Exactly. Which we've determined have, were invented by the... The nuns at the Loretta <laughs> Chapel when they were bored for three months because they had nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back in just a bit with some more New Mexico spooky. Spooky New Mexico. Hey, I just wanted to mention real quick while we're on our break, the music that you're listening to right now, as well as the music at the beginning of the podcast and what you'll hear at the end, is all done by an incredible musician by the name of Chris Frame, F-R-A-I-N. And uh, if you like what you hear, and I'm sure you do, because this music is incredible, you can check him out on soundcloud.com. And so the link would be soundcloud.com slash Music. Uh, and I'll try and put a link uh, in all the places that we're at so you can go and check out his music for yourself. It's really good. I encourage you to do so. So we are back. We took a short little break, and we're going to go ahead and we're heading into the last part of our inaugural episode of Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. The Spooky Podcast. I think that's I think I'm going to make that the official name. Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Spooky, the Spooky <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> but anyway, back on topic. Our last topic mm. for the day uh, on Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Talking about in our inaugural episode, we're talking about New Mexico Spookies. And um, I said before that we're going to kind of try and stay away from, like, the bigger things, people, that stuff that everybody knows about, but I kind of lied. Because now we're going to talk about the Wailing Woman, the Ditch Witch. She's a Ditch Witch. Yeah, and I would say her, like, I'm not, I've lived in New Mexico my entire life, and I can't do, I can't do the L rolls so well. La La Rona. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And yeah, growing up, uh, when, in, in, in elementary school, I was like, La Llorona. But 
exactly. So that's what she's that's what she's known as, which means the Wailing Woman. And this is a of a huge, huge part of New Mexico folklore. But I feel like, and the reason why I am talking about it, even though I said we're not talking about like the big stuff, um, is that I feel like it sort of gets pushed to the side when people are talking about New Mexico folklore because we're because t- people like to talk about the Chupacabra, uh, Skinwalkers. Uh, obviously, we've got Roswell. Uh, so aliens. What happened in Roswell? Apparently, um, some uh, some illegal aliens showed up in the fifties, and you know, white folk in the fifties, it freaked them out. Superman landed in Roswell, something like that. Okay, <laughs> you can Google. I'm sure you can find a, a swath. Oh of no, he was here. He was here in the thirties. That must have been like mm. General Zog and stuff. That yeah, showed something, up. something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like. She she gets kind of pushed aside, even though um, as a kid she terrified me. Um, well, growing up in the Southwest for the majority of my life, it is a bigger legend here in New Mexico than in Arizona. Right. And um, you know, I didn't. I wouldn't say I lived in Texas. I was there for you know uh, various times for months, right. but uh, never. What I consider I lived there because it was all military related. Sure. And but the legend isn't as big in in those two states that border us that have a high Hispanic population. Right. And well, and I think the reason why is because it's all sort of it's based around the Rio Grande River, so it's it's very um, uniquely uh, Mexican and New Mexican because we have the Rio Grande just uh, you know cuts right through both, and it's based right on the shores of that. And I think that's why it's so big, especially here in New Mexico. Um, so here's the story. The story is is that back in the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess 18. I'm gonna say 1800s. It's kind of like a good default. 1800s. Yeah, it's a good range. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the story goes is that there was a beautiful woman named Maria, and she was married. She had two children, and her husband was a bit of a Lothario. And he left her for a younger woman. Mm. So, as you do when something like that happens, um, in a fit of despair and rage, she takes her two sons and drowns them in the Rio Grande River. Uh, as a revenge revenge plot for uh, her husband leaving her for a younger woman. Mm. But upon realizing what she has done, kind of coming out of her uh, rage-induced craziness. She realizes she just drowned her two sons. So she then herself walks into the Rio Grande and dies. Commits suicide. So she goes and enters into the afterlife. This is New Mexico. We're talking about Mexicans here, so it's Catholic. She goes and she meets with St. Peter? Peter? At the gates? Yeah, St. Peter's at the gates. And Peter's like, yo, like, where are your kids? And... Um, she's like, well, I don't have them with me. And she's like, well, he's like, well, you can't enter heaven. And so you have those kids. So go get them. So now her spirit is cursed to endlessly wander the shores of the Rio Grande, searching for her children, but living in a despair, knowing what she had actually done. And so she, the story goes is that you can hear her screaming and crying near the Rio Grande as she searches for 
her children. See, the version I had heard, same that you said, but it wasn't, she didn't drown the kids due to her husband leaving her, but after her husband left her, she started getting hot and heavy with uh, a nobleman. And for those of you that don't know about New Mexico culture, we had like royal governors and stuff before New Mexico became part of the, the United States. Right. And so she was, she was getting hot and heavy with a nobleman, but the nobleman said, I can't marry you because you have kids and I'm not going to marry Okay. someone else's kids, and that's when she drowned them. Uh, so she could clear a path. Yes, but then upon leaving the river after she drowned her kids, that frenzied state ended, and then she turned around and walked right back into the river and drowned herself. Right. Yeah. But Every everything else is yeah. exactly how pretty I heard Yeah, pretty similar. I think even though it's very uniquely Mexican or New Mexican, is that it's uh, pretty much every culture has this story. In some way, shape, or form, um, you've, if you go into like northern uh, the United States or you get uh, more into the East Coast, they have the stories about the lady, the the girl who went to prom and was killed, and uh, her ghost like hangs out by the cemetery, and then so people will drive by and they'll see a girl in a prom dress, and then they'll pick her up, be like, hey, she's hitchhiking, and then they pick her up, mm. and then she like disappears, mm. and then they go, they find the house that she was supposed to get dropped off at the next day. And, like, oh, she's been dead for 25 years. You know, like, it's, it's basically the same kind of story. Uh, and I think kind of for me, the reason why it really stuck with me, I mean, aside from the fact that if you're, if you're here in New Mexico, like, uh, the Wailing Woman is very, is, is just ingrained in our culture. Very uh, much so. We, we have uh, the ditches, the arroyos, that's a big thing here, uh, which are very mm-hmm. dangerous. And so she's used as a cautionary tale for that. Uh, growing up, there was the Ditch Witch, which was based off of her. And that was a, sort of our, our Smokey the Bear mascot of stay away from the ditches, the arroyos. Smokey the Bear also in New Mexico came from New Mexico, just so you all know. Yeah, yeah we get, you know, all the good stuff originates from here. Uh, <laughs> um, our meth is unparalleled. Exactly. Um but yeah, so like even as even as a, like elementary school students, we'd get like pamphlets and, and, and little uh, uh, like assemblies where they would use the mascot of the ditch witch to scare us away from playing in uh, arroyos and ditches, which you know none of us heeded. I almost died in an arroyo when I was a kid. I should have listened to the ditch witch. Um, but also, also with that is that uh, uh, I'm also uh, half Filipino and. The Philippines also has a very similar um, sort of story, and that's the white lady. And so as a kid, our mother used to tell us the story of the white lady, and it's basically the same kind of concept, uh, except it's it's a woman who's all white. She has pale skin or whatever, and, and it's similar to the, the hitchhiker story. Mm. But in the Philippine version, uh, if you don't pick her up, she will curse you. For the, you and your family for the rest of time. So if you see the white lady, like you're going to be well aware of who this is if you mm-hmm. see her on the side of the road. It's it's the goddamn white lady. So you better pick her. <laughs> you better pick her up and take her where she needs to go, or you and your family are screwed. So um, yeah. So those are the kind of uh, nightmares that I had as a kid, and then add in the wailing woman here in New Mexico, which is part of our culture, and yeah, you scare the shit out of me. 
In a similar vein, my family had a had a cautionary tale too, and it was you know to make sure that you were asleep, mm-hmm. um, you know, by a certain time. You know, grandma and grandpa wanted their you know their alone time when they were raising my parent or my dad and you know his siblings. You know, like when a car drives down the street at night, mm-hmm. and like if your your drapes aren't closed all the way, you'll get that little, you know, beam of light. Yeah, a little shaft of light kind mm-hmm. of goes on there. between the curtains. Sure. Well, so you know, they would always say that was the lady in white. That she was making sure that, you know, if children were sleeping, it'd be fine. <laughs> but if the children weren't sleeping, <laughs> she'd visit you in your room. Okay. So, needless to say, right. and nothing, and nothing good's gonna happen. Yeah. From her, her they visit. never went into details, sure. I guess, about sure. what would happen to you. Sure. But, but it's but we're not talking about mm, we're not talking about mm, stuff you're gonna end up seeing on like Pornhub or in like yeah the, you know penthouse. Yeah. yeah, it's not gonna be any of the fun stuff. No, <sighs> no. And and I don't know if that was part of the original thing with uh, the Wailing Woman. Uh, but yeah, that's part of it is the cautionary sort of thing is that uh, with kids, you know, make sure make sure you're good and you're in bed, or she'll show up and just take you instead. Well, yeah, that and to keep kids away from the water because we have you know the the arroyos. We've used those time memorials since we've you know people have settled here to irrigate fields. Yeah, water's not exactly like the easiest thing to come by around here. Yeah, and so you want to keep the kids away from it because you know back in the day you had to have 12 kids because you were going to lose six of them yeah just guaranteed i hope it's these ones yeah i really don't (laughs) like that one matthew i don't like you i hope yeah i hope you get the rickets and die just that look on your face when we eat dinner yeah take him that's fine you're terrible (laughs) out in the fields well, and see, here's the the other thing <clears throat> was is that uh, growing up, I absolutely believed in the Wailing Woman, um, and the reason why I did was because <clears throat> my father, who uh, for a time was a cop, he was a part of the Albuquerque Police Department (APD), uh, the infamous, the APD, infamous, infamous APD, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he he told me. On numerous occasions, that uh, APD actually has a file on her, and because they've had numerous uh, occasions of uh, like interactions with her on the br- on the bridges over the Rio Grande, and so taking taking that from you know as a kid from my dad who was a cop, you know, yeah, I believed it. I absolutely <laughs> believed it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know what? Uh, sort of the through line, the thing that connects dads and cops is, is they lie. They fucking lie. <laughs> oh, I tell my kid, I told my kids <laughs> when I was raising them, I was like, no, there are monsters under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but he swore by it. And, and, and the thing was, is that my dad, you know, granted he was probably, he was fucking with me, but because um, he, he was an atheist and a skeptic himself. Uh, he wasn't religious or anything like that, but he swore, he swore that he had seen reports of uh, uh, various interactions with 
the the Wailing Lady on uh, um, on the bridges. Your dad was the inspiration for Fox Mulder. Oh, maybe. Could be. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Huh? Like, he never experienced it himself, but he, he said that he'd just seen the reports yeah. and stuff. And it was just a lot of, uh, kind of the way he put it was that the reports were always just, they were responding to a call because there was a, a crazy lady making a racket out on the bridge. And then they'd go and have some kind of weird standoff with her on the bridge. And then at some point she'd disappear. And they go, oh, shit, it's the Wailing Woman. It's not just some crazy crackhead like it normally would be. Because yeah. I've experienced a lot of crazy crackhead people here. and On bridges, yeah, sidewalks. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. But I have noticed they don't, have the, they don't tend to have the power to just disappear mm. in thin air. I don't care how much crack they smoke. The Adobe Big Lots... <laughs> on the roof to kind of get better better coverage of the whaling. But, you know, you think about it, and that's, you know, it is. It's a scary story. If you're out out by the Rio Grande at night and you hear a woman wailing off in the distance, I don't care who you are. Oh, no, I'm, I'm bugging out right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> so if, if I see her, one of us is going to die, and it's not going to be me. Because she's already dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a big one here. Um, but like I said, people don't seem to talk about it as much. It's, it's not like, I don't know if it doesn't have the same sort of um, resonance as something like a chupacabra. Or... I'm thinking it has so much reverence. Yeah. Or resonance um, that that's why people don't talk about it. And we're like, no, I got a fishing trip this weekend on the Rio Grande. I ain't gonna bring that story up. I talk about her, she'll manifest. <laughs> yeah, just show up. And you know, and the thing is, is that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't doubt that if you were out near the Rio Grande, like you might hear some shit. Because the thing is, is New Mexico is also, you know, we're number one in a lot of things, and I'm pretty sure we're also number one on domestic violence. So, you know, nighttime nighttime screams and wails are not uncommon. Yeah. And a lot of people live down by the river. Yeah, they do. Um, some in vans, some not. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that anyone could, you know, if they were in that in that position and were to hear those sort of things in the middle of the night, be like, that shit's true. It's just true. Even even <laughs> if even just just being in nature there's going to be weird noises that you don't hear yeah. in the city. Yeah. You're going to hear a raccoon because they're nocturnal, you know, rustling in the bushes somewhere. Right. And you're going to be like, all, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I saw, I saw a, a real-life ra- raccoon once in the city in the middle of the night. I was outside smoking a cigarette yeah. at my job. We've got a few in town. Yeah, and they, it ran past me. And I didn't know those things were as big as they are. Like, I thought I wanted it because I was just standing there smoking my cigarette, minding my business, and then this shape just sort of came out of nowhere and started running right at me, and it it was like a little bear. Yeah. And um, well, everybody thinks they're like the size of a regular house cat. They're not. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. They're like little bear cubs. And imagine your three-year-old when the raccoon stands on their hind feet. They're about as tall as your three-year-old. Right. 
and imagine being a dude in his like late twenties, early thirties, three in the morning, tired, smoking a cigarette, and this thing comes barreling at you <laughs> at full speed. And um, yeah, the noise that came out of me, I couldn't replicate. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, nothing to be proud of. <laughs> and 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 for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe it was the noise that I made, and it might have scared it or whatever. So it was coming straight at me, and then all of a sudden, it just took this sharp turn and ran mm-hmm. off and climbed up a tree and started chewing on the tree. And uh, I went promptly inside and stayed inside for the next few hours until I was sure it was gone. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud to admit that I'm terrified of raccoons, but if you've seen one in real life. You'll understand, I think. I used to feed them off my back porch when I was stationed up in Washington. And a whole group of them coming there. I'm like, no, I'm going to feed them. I'm like, don't feed the animal. No, I'm going to, because again, urban environment. I'm like, no, because there's times I got to go out to my car at 3 o'clock in the morning to go into work. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't need them sitting on top of my car all. You didn't feed us last night. Okay. What'd you bring? What'd, What'd you, you bring? bring? What you yeah. got? <laughs> what you got? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, uh, the, the only real point I'm getting at is, like, so my asshole fallout is seeing a real raccoon. I couldn't imagine uh, enjoying the banks of the river on a, on a nice evening and then hearing a woman screaming. Uh, at the same time where there's, like, a fog rising up from the river because of the temperature change yeah. and it's a full moon that's catching the fog just right yeah yeah because that's the thing is that you know they call they call uh new mexico the land of enchantment for a reason like albuquerque is a beautiful place and uh all scientifically explained like when we get our our sunsets our sunsets are beautiful and they they it's just the explosion of of purples and golds and pinks yeah and it's 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 very magical it's a very magical place and it's saying that as an atheist is a skeptic. It is a very magical place. And so being in that environment, I can see how easily you can just be like, oh, yeah, that shit's all true. It's all true. Guaranteed. <laughs> I've seen some shit. I've heard some shit. I have a cousin who married a chupacabra. Yeah. No, exactly. married. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. says that it's just a, you know, a, a rotting raccoon skull. But, nope, chupacabra and... We are lawfully wedded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a, there's anything else to say about the whaling woman or anything else we've kind of covered? I don't know. Just like some of the, you know, like you said, it is a magical place. You have, you know, crazy natural phenomenon that can be explained, you know. There's other stuff that happens here that you can't explain. Yeah, but you know um, that the explanation's there somewhere. It's, it's just somewhere there. It it's, it's like whether or not you're going to dedicate the resources to it. Sure. You know, the Taos hum. I've been to Taos. I never heard a hum. Yeah. So, you know, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that sometimes. When just sitting in my living room. Yeah. And I'll get that weird hum or whatever. Um, so I don't know if it's a supernatural phenomenon or I, I don't think so. It probably has to do with my big ass TV. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, New Mexico is just great, great for that. And I think, you know, just kind of covering a couple, we've got these three things that we talked about today, but there's so much more. And if you're interested, um, it's just a Google search away. Just search up, like, New Mexico legends and folklore and stuff. I mean, we've got, 
uh, uh, I hadn't even just doing research, like the little amount of research that I did for this, our, our first podcast here, you know, I was coming across the, uh, um, what was it, the giant birds of Las Cruces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never even heard of that before. Oh, you didn't know? It's kind of like in the, the Thunderbird, uh, yeah. in the Thunderbird uh, vein yeah. of lore. And those of you that don't know, Thunderbirds would ride the front of thunderstorms and they were monstrous and you know they'd steal babies yeah and apparently they just decided to retire out in las cruces <laughs> well you know those crazy looking freaking jr token mountains what is it the organ pipe mountains yeah those are insane yeah. well and then tell for me the longest... an evil li- wizard doesn't live up there exactly exactly and you know it makes a little bit of sense too because for the longest time i mean it's not it's not true today but up until a few years ago, Las Cruces was the only town in New Mexico that had a jack-in-the-box. That so, is true. you know, I always said that when I retire, I was going to do it in Cruces because then I could get an ultimate cheeseburger and two tacos. Oh, I'm all about the I'm all about the jumbo jack or the sourdough jack. <laughs> yeah, those are great, too. So you have those options because it's just right there in Las Cruces. And their tacos are absolute crap tacos. <laughs> but they've got, the, like, that... McDonald's quality hamburger to it, you know, to where, like, if you're craving a Big Mac, nothing's going to sate that craving except that. Yeah, totally, totally. You can literally see your reflection in these taco shells. They're mm-hmm. so greasy. And then they got their... They got their, their Jack Taco Sauce. To toss, taco Sauce. Fucking great. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is you're not... Okay, and let's put a little... Let's put a little logic on this one here, okay? So, you're not... You're not eating Jack in the Box unless you're drunk. Like it's very that's a rare occasion that you're just like, you know what, I'm stone sober and I need to go get me some jack in the box. That's not that's not really a thing. It's the same thing with the all subs chimichangas. Yeah. Unless you've been away from New Mexico for so long and yeah. you come back and you're like, All subs chimichangas. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're eating an all subs chimichanga at like two in the afternoon, stone sober, like you're not from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, or you've been away from it for a long time. <laughs> right. So and you just your plane landed at one forty five. Stat. Go go go. <laughs> but you know, so well, all I'm getting at is so you're out there you're 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 chowing down on a, a you know a, a Jack in the Box taco at three in the morning. You're drunk as fuck, and you see Big Bird. <laughs> That bird's going to seem a little bigger. Like, okay, here, many years ago, I was sitting in my apartment, and I, was, uh, I had been partaking in the marijuana uh, quite liberally. And uh, next to where I was sitting, there was a lamp that was on, and there was a fly that had gotten caught in the house, and it was flapping around the light because it was the only light source in the room. And, uh, you know, I'm not proud to admit, but I got convinced in my head that there was a fucking bat loose in the house. <laughs> And so I'm running around with the broom trying to swat down the bat that has invaded my home. And it was just a fly. So, giant birds in the Las Cruces. Drunk and Jack in the Box. Let's just put it all together. Hopefully, hopefully. Correlation equals hopefully, I would hope these giant birds are, you know, edible. Not like, like when you pull out a 300-pound catfish. Right. You know, a giant bird, you know. So this thing is like 10% gristle and 90% poison. (laughs) (laughs) 
so anyway um yeah so new mexico if you're in, if any of this stuff sounded interesting to you um look into it like i said it's just a google search away we've got a lot of really cool really interesting really ridiculous sort of legends and, and stuff going on and, and we only sort of scratched the tip of the iceberg just here at this podcast which i think is running at about like an hour and a half at this point <laughs> so it's it's probably about time to wrap it up i think um, so so they, here we go so that was our first episode of spooky the spooky podcast the spooky the spooky <laughs> podcast uh yeah so we'll be back next time with some more some more spookies um my name is chris and i'm i'm shane and uh thanks for listening and hopefully we'll, we'll uh we'll see you next time right. bye, bye. Thank you.